This is the Acts 2028 podcast, where two young Church of God pastors discuss the challenges and victories we face in leading revitalization. I am TJ Samuel. I am Brian Seidel. I am in an urban context in Seattle, Washington. I am in a suburban and rural context in Boise, Idaho. I am in a liberal state. I am in a conservative state. My ministry background is in missions. My ministry background is in youth ministry. And yet we are both in our first lead roles. Help God revitalize the existing church in the Pacific Northwest. We are helping each other. And you. To truly live out Acts 20, 28. Well, TJ, here we are again for our next episode, and I just have to say uh, it's good to see you. We haven't seen each other for a couple of weeks because you literally have not been around for a couple of weeks. You just got home yesterday, in fact, right, from a two-week-long vacation. So I'm just curious, how does it feel to have two weeks off? Uh, it was crazy. Like, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was a great time. Like, I can't say that... Um, gosh, in the last 10 years of ministry that I've actually been able to slow my mind uh, to that part. Now, I couldn't turn it off. I don't think that that's innate in me, but like it was really good to have some of that reflection time and um, to just spend some good quality family time. So I feel more refreshed, a little bit more scatterbrained, but I got some good sun and uh, I'm glad to be back. Yeah. And so again, just so our audience knows, right? Like you, you didn't just vacation. I mean, you went to Hawaii. Correct. Right? Yeah. So, so Maui to be specific, right? Yep. Now, now granted you have more tie to the islands than, than most of us do. Right. And, sure. Um, definitely. But, but, but that's, I'll tell you, as we've said before, <laughs> but just, you know, that's, that's kind of a bucket list thing for me and my wife. We were, we had planned to go to Hawaii for our honeymoon. That just didn't work out. We ended up going to Cancun. We had a good time or whatever, but, but we still bring it up every once in a while. We're like, you know what? We are going to go to Hawaii one of these years. Right. So. Yeah. And it's, it's really good. And I mean, yes, uh, my dad being from the islands, um, you know, a little bit more, uh, in the South in Samoa, but, uh, you know, it really felt good to be, you know, at home and, and the quality family time. I mean, list of things that we got to do we got to do some you know some structure and some layback time so we went the whole family went we did uh some whale watching we took a hike uh up one of the mountains uh and you know we did almost everything that we could while we were on the island we went to the beach uh, we hung out by the pool um we played golf which is uh probably gonna awesome. come up, you know yeah. later as well yeah that's one of the <laughs> things in fact I couldn't help, but uh, there was a travel bag. I didn't even have a good travel bag and I didn't intend to take my clubs. Um, but while we we're there, someone was selling there. So I actually added a travel bag while I was on my trip. It came back with knickknacks, but I now have a, a good travel bag for my next journey out that way, a hard sided nice. one. So that's awesome. Yeah. Just, just going there um, to be able to to spend that quality time. And, and, you know, like we've talked about this, but ministry is, is so important to us, but ministry starts at home too. And we've talked about the impact yep. of families and, um, you know, I can say specifically for mine in this last year, um, since we moved here, you know, I just haven't had the time to spend 
quality time with my family uh, like we got to over this past two weeks. And so um, I know that our kids appreciated that. Um, and logistically, you know, we had to find a place to put our dog. So some of our church family stepped up. We had a young couple that took Winston in and, uh, you know, it was just, it all came together. And so we're so grateful that, uh, you know, we were able to go and, and have some time away. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, when you think about how important our families are, and again, that's, that's kind of a topic for another episode. It's one of the things that we plan to talk about in the future, but, but again, I will just say, cause right now in my current season, I have three teenagers, uh, and then we have, uh, our, our baby girl who's two, so we have a 10 year gap. So, but our, our three boys are all teenagers and they're all in sports right now, all in different sports. So my oldest is, is playing tennis. My middle son is playing golf, both for the high, their high school teams. And so that's pretty intense, you know, and then uh, my middle school son is playing baseball. And so we're, we're literally going in just a million different directions. And, and, but in the midst of that, I just, I keep hearing God just whispering to me, Brian, just enjoy this season, you know, as I'm frustrated with the schedules and, you know, being parent taxi for every evening. And I mean, literally tonight, after we get done recording this, we have a tennis match and a baseball game happening at the same time. And so we have to like, you know, divide and conquer and, and kind of do all that. But, but again, I just keep hearing from God and just me like, just enjoy the season because again, I realize that, right. I mean, my oldest son, he's 17, you know, just thinking about he's a, he's a junior in high school and thinking, you know, that, man, like I get to go watch him play tennis, you know, and, and, and another year he's going to be graduating and going to college and, and on with his life. And so, you know, and I think about how quickly that's gone by. And I think, you know, now seeing that, and again, that was one of the things we saw when we adopted uh, Claire and, and, you know, that question for me, which again is a whole nother conversation, but, but God had to take me through a season of preparation. Cause I, I've always been the one that's dragged my feet with kids. Like my wife has always been like, yes, another one, let's do it. And I'm like, no. Right. And so, uh, again, the same thing with Claire. I just kept kept looking, and God just showed me. He's like, man, you know what? This has gone by so fast. And because I'm asking the question, I'm like, God, I don't know. Do we want to start over? Like, you know, I mean, ten. Like our youngest is ten. Like, you know, we're the empty nest is within distance. You know, like we can see it. And uh, you know, yeah, God just kind of showed me about, like, man, you know, like you're, yeah, it's gonna go by so fast, and and the boys are gonna be gone, and and you're gonna be lonely. So you know, like you, you don't want an empty nest yet. So yeah, anyway, all that to say, like I said, there's, there's a million different ways we can go with that, but, but definitely big in our families are very, very important. And, and I think no matter, again, for those listening, no matter where you're at in your life, in your ministry, in your role, whatever it would be, just enjoy the season you're in. Yeah. And, and I think you touched on it there. It's a, it's a mindset and a perspective um, you know, I think sometimes we can get inundated with tasks or different things or like you use divide and conquer. And I think oftentimes, even as we reflect that as people called in ministry to do what we do, um, you know, it's always critical to know and to share that with our kids that like what we do is, is important. It's not just a job, right? Like, oh, we're just, you know, going to work. Daddy, you know, like if I was on vacation, Daddy, does it feel good to not be at work? No, like that wasn't. So while we were on vacation, we met this guy uh, who ends up, uh, Trey didn't have clubs and we wanted to play golf. He's a lefty. Uh, so we had to pick up some clubs. So I'm like in Maui 
on Craigslist trying to find these golf clubs for, for him. And we find them and uh, you know, God like brought this guy who then we start talking about Jesus and, and all these different things. And he just lost his wife and like we leave. And then Trey's like, dad, do you think we can like maybe call Bob back and see if he wants to go golfing with us later this week? And uh, so we did, and we got a chance to just minister to his heart and do some things. And so like, it never stops. And instead of saying like, I have to, like you nailed it there with like your 17 year old, I get to like, it's just a different perspective. Instead of I have to, I get to, I get the privilege to do these things. And um, like getting a chance to recharge (laughs) helps a lot because like when your calendar is full, when you're running to the next thing, um, yeah, just remembering those things, whether that's with your kids, um, whether that's a connection with someone in your community, uh, like a leader or something like that, we get the privilege to, to do that stuff. And sometimes, you know, myself included, we can get so inundated that you want those to be a joy, not a task. Right. So yeah, good, absolutely. Good and, and, and get to that point, right. Just as you said, as, as pastors, as church leaders, as board members or elders, or uh, again, whatever role you're in, in your church, we are doing it because God has called us to it because he's put this burden on our heart. And again, it's something that, that shouldn't feel like a job, but I think it can become a job or feel like a job. If we do get burnt out, if we do get, you know, too stretched too thin, if, if we become empty. And so as we talk about today, that was what we said, Hey, you're coming right off vacation. Let's look at this of, of what can you do to make sure that you don't end up empty, right? And burnt out. Um, what can we do as pastors, as church leaders? What kind of boundaries can we need to set up in our lives? What kind of routines do we need to have? Uh, what kind of, of different, you know, guidelines are out there, right? To, to make sure that we are truly serving out of an overflow of our heart and our life and our faith and not just um, out of the leftovers, right? Or, or, you know, pulling out of the bottom of the barrel. So, and unfortunately, I think there's a lot of church leaders, especially pastors that, that do serve from the bottom of the barrel because there's just not a lot there, right? I mean, we just, we pour ourselves out um, until we're empty, you know, and forget that, that, Hey, you know, we should be serving out of an overflow. Right. And I think even the word that I would use there too, is like our first fruits, right? Like we want to be able to utilize those things and be able to give our gifts, talents, abilities, um, and not just the leftovers, right? Like (laughs) I think of, I don't know, my mind goes weird sometimes on like, you know, we think of the sacrificial lamb, and when I think of giving my best is to give, you know, the fattened calf and stuff like that to like give those things, not like, oh, hey, we have this one that keeps wandering and so we broke its legs so now it's tripod, it has three. Let's give that one. Like, that's not how that works. But I feel like if I get so tired, like you were saying, or burnt out or however you want to quantify it, man, we can get to that part where it's like, oh, I'm giving it, but really are we giving our best? And, um, you know, that it goes down stewardship and some of those things as well. But man, I think it is so important now having been on this side to, to do that, you know, um, it doesn't have to be two weeks. It doesn't have to be to, uh, an Island, although that's, you know, kind of back more to my culture. So I felt more at peace there, but, um, 
just really being intentional, I think would be the word. Like you, you were talking about what are some of the things we do? What are some of the hobbies? What are some of the interests? How do we connect with leadership in the community? Like some of these things that we'll probably talk about here in the next few minutes, like how do we continue to engage in a meaningful way? And how do we do that with our best ability? Because if we're meeting or coming in contact with people and um, man, we might be the only opportunity that someone in our community or someone we come in contact with, whether that's someone we're purchasing golf clubs from on an island through Craigslist, we might be the only version of Jesus that they see at any given point for a while in their life. And so um, that's not, again, perspective. That's not a burden. That's a unique opportunity to share Jesus with people. So like trying to be at our best. um, And it's not like, I don't say that in the sense of like trying to be a persona because I, you know, we talked about the difference of rural and city. Like uh, here I am with like all these things uh, in a city. I don't want someone to come into my church and say, oh, well, I don't look like that guy. Uh, I can't be a Christian. Well, I have a ponytail. (laughs) I have some of these things that are a little bit more outside of the norm than you'd probably think if you were rolling in to, to see your pastor for that part. So um, yeah, man, I think God can totally use those. I mean, I'm living proof that, that he has, um, in my own personal life and I'm excited for that, but yeah, let me, let me in on some of the things that you kind of do for, uh, to, to make this thing work. Yeah. Well, so I actually, I think we should start and you know, we started with your vacation and I think that's probably the, the most basic thing, right. Is use your vacation. Right now I, I, I bring that up and confession time, right? That I am, I have not done that. And to say here again, I've been at Oregon Trail per per our policies, right? Like I have, I have four weeks of vacation now after being here for more than five years. Right. And, um, and I can, I think I honestly say through my entire ministry career. So I've been in full-time church ministry in a pastoral role, um, since 2002, right? So almost 20 years. And I think I can honestly say I have never used all of the vacation time that I've been allotted from the church. Yeah. And so I, I guess that again, that's a failure story on my part. And I just say that even as I'm looking at even this next year and looking at that and to say, as I'm not planning on using all of my vacation time. Now, again, something I probably, again, I'm that that's confession. I need to do that better. Right. I mean, from the very, very beginning, and I don't remember where I heard it. I think it was on, it wasn't in the church context. It was just, I think in a cultural context, but I heard it at one point saying that the, the American culture is the only culture in the entire world that does not maximize their vacation time. And we actually use it as a badge of honor when the rest of the world looks at us like you're crazy for not using all of your vacation time. Again, I don't know how true that is, but I remember hearing that. Uh, but it, it certainly has been true in my life, right? That I have not used all of my vacation time. Right. Well, I think, you know, we fall uh, in love with that portion of it, you know, because we love the cowboy maverick story of people that persevered and it was how the West was won. And, and you know, these things, this persona of like, hey, we're able to do this. But like, I mean, at some level, don't we understand that even in the truest of forms, like, let's just strip this thing back. Let's go back to Moses. Let's talk 10 commandments. Let's talk the part that there's a day of Sabbath. Right. I mean, like, let's just go to that part. Let's interject with the gospel here and just say, 
if we're supposed to do those things, if we're supposed to, um, a take a rest, but in, then I'll take that one step further. Um, in that rest is to honor God and give thanks on that day. Isn't it? You know, I mean, many people take Sundays off to just chill out and, you know, watch football or the masters or whatever the season may be, but are we honoring God? And so I think part of that, again, was like what I was saying, you know, we were talking earlier was um, I wasn't able to turn my mind off, but to slow it down enough to at least uh, not be on the wheel, <laughs> to step yeah. off the, the treadmill for a little bit, to let God just kind of speak to me in a different way, you know, not just on sure. the, the, that spot. So I think, how do you honor God in those things? And for me, man, just being in his creation, taking that hike with my family to go see those views and see what he created and stuff like that. Um, those were super important. So like, if you're uh, taking a, a day, and I know a church that's uh, just north of me, uh, Church of God here in Washington, um, that's mandatory. Like once a month, th it is required of them to take a, a sabbatical day, so to speak, a uh, self-care day to be able to go out and just connect with God. And it's on their own, um, you know, policy to kind of do that, but they, that's what they're supposed to do. And so I think it's, again, that word comes up in my mind is being intentional because if we don't make time for it, whether that's, you know, just the discipline of getting in the word, or uh, like you said, in, in a secular way of, if we don't make the time to get to the gym, um, we're never going to make it there. And so, you yeah. know, these things don't generally happen by accident because I think Satan, especially in a pandemic time is working overtime to make sure that we are continuing to get beat on. And so, man, like, yeah, if someone's hearing this, uh, that is struggling with that man, just set it aside and you make sure that you do that. Yeah. So again, answers one is some of the other things that I have some boundaries things set up in my life and I've been better at, like I said, I've failed at taking all of my vacation time. But um, one of the things I heard uh, from Dr. Henry Cloud, and if you've ever read any of his books or heard any of his um, webcasts or, or videos, I, I highly encourage it. I mean, he's just a very wise man, very godly man. Um, but, and he, he's done a lot. I mean, he's, he's done a lot of like um, psychological work and like boundaries and just different stuff. In fact, I think he has his most famous book is literally titled Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud. But um, I remember in a webinar, and I, I wrote down the notes of that, but one of the things that he said about this uh, area is, is that, that you need to have hobbies and or interests that provide concrete results and wins. And I think this is, this is a very important, especially as pastors, because uh, so much of what we work towards, and even when you think about defining the win and what does that look like and, and all that, right? Like spiritual growth is not a concrete thing. Right. And, um, you know, there's a thing about our job. It's very abstract. Right. And just spirituality in general is very abstract and 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 intangible. And so, you know, having something that you can invest your time in your your effort, your mind into that gives you concrete results and wins is, is something that's very important for just your own mental health. And, and, you know, we've kind of circled around it before. I'm, we both are golfers. And so that's one of the things that, again, I've invested in in my own life um, to do that. Now, 
uh, sometimes I'm more frustrated after a round of golf than, than I am, you know, when I start. Um, but the, the good thing about that is it has nothing to do with the church. Right? I can go out and even if I'm frustrated with my game or with how it went, um, I also realize that when I'm on the golf course, I've just taught myself, right, that like I can turn turn it off, like you said, turn my mind off, um, you know, and that, and not not that I turn my faith off or anything like that, right? But but all the I need to focus on the only thing that's going through my mind is the next shot, right? And and that, I mean that's a huge key to golf, right? Is just is your mental game and kind of through that, right? And you know, trying to get my mind off of the horrible shot I just hit or the dust, stupid double bogey I made or you know whatever, and try to get your mind back. But if you can do that, that that's a major part of being successful at the game of golf is your mental attitude and game and and kind of you know visualizing the next shot and just focusing on on what's right in front of you. How do how do I read this putt? How do I you know whatever right? And and so that that has been something for me that has been a, a concrete result and win at a time where I just I can get a mental break from you know from church stuff from family stuff, from whatever that would be. Um, and, you know, one of the things about golf, or kind of one of the hard, hard things about it, but also the wins, is that it takes a while to go play golf. And so, you know, again, around, I mean, you can play at, at my home course, you know, I can get out there. I mean, you know, a nine-hole round is typically an hour and a half, right, to two hours, depending on how slow the course is, whatever. 18 is, you know, minimum three to four, sometimes longer, right? And, but that's long and that's a long enough period of time that it's hard to get into the day. But yet if you take it, it's long enough that you literally have time to kind of decompress for a little time. Right. And, and just for my mind to think about nothing but the next shot. And so that's, um, that's been a huge thing for me. The, one of the other things that I do in this one is, um, is I, I build furniture. So it's just kind of a, a hobby of mine. It's kind of a side gig. Um, I, I, I started building like our dining room table for my house. Like that was kind of the first thing that I did. And, and I've, I built different furniture things for our house. And, um, and, and it's, like I said, I've built a lot of dining tables and, you know, cabinets and kind of all these different things for different people. And, and I'm so like I said, it's, it's turned into a pretty good little side hustle for me, which is good. And, and when people call and, and ask that, it's just kind of word of mouth and it calls like, Hey, can you build this for me? I'm like, yeah, I absolutely can. As long as you're not in a hurry. Right. Cause there's no guarantees of how long it'll take me to build it and, and to finish it for you. But, but the kind of the, the cool thing about that, right. Is like, I can literally, I just put in my AirPods, listen to a podcast, you know, listen to music or whatever. And I just, just work. Right. And, and just build something. And then, and when I'm done with those couple hours in my shop, I mean, there's something tangible in front of me that I've accomplished, right? And, and again, just concrete results, right? And that, and I said, because so much of my job at the church and it's relational, it's spiritual, it's, you know, people, it's, it's long range effort and work. And sometimes you never know the results of that effort. And, and so again, that's, I found that to be very grounding, uh, whether it's not just, whether it's golf or just physically building furniture out of wood. Right. And, uh, you know, and that, but the, at the end of the day, right. I, I have a number, you know, that I shot at the end of my round of golf. Right? I have, I have a table, you know, that I, that is done right when, when I'm done working and just those, those concrete results just become very, very freeing for me mentally. Right. Um, so that I can go back to all the spiritual and emotional and relational and, you know, abstract work 
that I do on a day-to-day basis as a pastor. Yeah. Well, I think the, um, the justification that comes into play as I was talking with, um, you know, some of these other pastors was, <clears throat> is they're challenging me? Cause I I'm again, not qualified, uh, because I'm probably an offender of this, even though I finally got uh, hustled into a vacation is, uh, you know, we have this justification like, Oh, I just don't have time for it. Like, I don't, I can't make time to do that. Um, it's, you know, the thing that I always push when, um, something has to give. And I think the argument that I've been faced with is the fact that, you know, when we get tired or when we get to a point and we're giving 80%, um, you know, very quickly, if you lose that day, I mean, if you're, if you're a numbers person, if you lose a hundred percent of a day and it's not lost because we're refocusing that, but let's just say if you were working at 80%, you know, within a week, you make that up and then some, because you're running back at a hundred percent. It's like a, if you're a computer guy, it's the disc defragmenting. So it makes it run a lot smoother kind of thing, right? Like whatever it is, you, you talked about golf. Golf is a wonderful opportunity to have short-term memory because if you get out on your first hole and you make a birdie you're like man this is lights out I'm gonna light it up but then you get a couple of those double bogeys or something and you can negate a great round early so whether you had a birdie whether you had a bad hole you have to have short-term memory and you have to just go on to the next hole and next shot as you said and so I think that that's really um a good thing for us, especially as pastors in a time where a pandemic was there, uh, started to read this book while I was gone. I, I believe it's called Canoeing the Mountains. Um, and for a lack of a better term, it's like the things that we have used as a church to get us here, just like explorers that were pioneers, like say in our part, your church is aptly named Oregon Trail because we've gone over that. So we think of Lewis and Clark who made the expedition um, as they set forth out of uh, St. Louis, Missouri, the gateway to the West, the big arch. If you've ever been to St. Louis, you see it, right? And the thing that they thought they were coming out to was waterways. But what happens in this title of canoeing the mountain here of like when you have to uh, the very thing that got you there, these canoes. Now, what happens when you have to go over the mountain? What, when things have changed, do you do now? Like, and we're faced with that, like as a church, as a community, I mean, you can go down the list of, oh, schools have to meet. Well, no, we've now seen during the pandemic that there can be a hybrid or an online only part of this, um, you, you, to work, you have to be in person. Oh no, people have worked remotely. And so some of these things that, maybe was the norm, we have to continue to get through and, and uh, they're changing. Non-negotiables are uh, now becoming negotiable. And so how are we a ready to embrace those, to be able to step in and are we recharged enough to where we can identify a need in our community and then step in and help meet that point of need. And so uh, that was one of the objectives that we had was relevancy uh, for Church of God and C4, this thing that I was a part of was, how do we help in our community? And I think part of that goes right back to where we are is, you know, part of loving and, and getting those things is connecting with people in our community. Like, that's one of the resources. You and I, oftentimes before we do the podcast, we get a chance to just catch up, see how you're doing, 
uh, how's the family, what's going on, what's the latest thing. Um, but to build community, if like you're not a part of pastors, and I'm not saying that it just has to be strictly Church of God guys, but what is your network like? How are you able to have that to people who are praying for you that you can go and have lunch with somebody that you can um, do some of those things outside of your hobbies and interests? I think that's another area that you know we definitely can tap into is having that community with other pastors that understand them. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, I could just to double back on that that book. I read that book actually. It's 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 called Canoeing the Mountains, um, the uh, Christian Leadership in Uncharted Territory. The author is Todd Todd Bolsinger. So if you want to look that up, and the, yeah, and again, I, I agree with you. That, that was again the whole idea of how do, how do you pivot, how do you change when you know change your leadership in times and still be successful right? When, um, when you, when it's uncharted water, right? When it, it's some, nothing that you, uh, expect. So, or it's the very thing that got us there. Like our whole system was geared towards this, right? Like we were conditioned to do church in this way. And I think even in churches, you know, some of the most, what we would coin in the, in the past tense of, like a successful church had a lot of programs and a lot of things and they were bigger, but yet they were the ones that were most impacted by the pandemic. They couldn't pivot. As you said, like some of the smaller churches were able to, that were functioning more like small groups and to adapt and even to assemble because of their sheer size. Um, so how do we, the very thing that got us there or used to be successful, if that's taken away, um, yeah, how do we how do we respond to that? And I think part of that again plays into the same role of where we're at is, man, we have to be rested up. And I'm not saying that to be lazy. I think both of us <laughs> have just said like, you know, we probably should do a better job at it. Um, and so yeah, I, I'm in that boat. I I've been here a year, and I took two, I still have time on the books, but you know, it's like, do it wisely. Uh, be ready for those moments, know your community and how you can respond to them. And especially in these moments. So no, good. Yeah. Um, it, to, to piggyback on that, I get to think one of the other things that I've done in my life um, that through my different phases of ministry that has had, that has brought me life and helped fill me back up um, is, is connect with others uh, in your community, kind of in your tribe. So maybe that, maybe it might be your physical community around you, you know, talk with me with other pastors, uh, you know, talk with them, not necessarily to steal ideas, right. Or to compare your churches, but, but just to encourage each other. Um, and you know, when that, and just kind of that, that networking piece uh, of just realizing we're all on the same team and kind of reaching out into that, because the reality is, um, I think we all know that, right. It doesn't take long to, to realize that leadership can be very lonely. Um, and, you know, especially depending on the structure of your church or, or the size of your church or whatever it might be. Uh, and so that can be very important. In fact, when I, um, again, but, and just not just maybe your physical community, but also those in your tribe, right? Um, like I said, for us, if it's church, other church of God pastors or, you know, other youth pastors or other missions people or other worship people or, you know, whatever it is, wherever your area is in, your tribe you're in, and that kind of area of ministry, there's, Again, social media and, you know, um, technology has been able to where you can connect with people that aren't physically close to you. 
Um, and again, it's one of those things that I've experienced in both ways uh, throughout my years uh, of ministry. And, and in fact, that was one of the things that I missed the most when I came to Oregon Trail and found myself in the senior pastor world. Uh, you know, and again, as a senior pastor, lead pastor, I realized how little uh, senior and lead pastors talk to each other. Again, cu- coming out of the youth ministry world where there was a lot of youth ministry networking, um, you know, there's, I mean, there's literally a national organization called the National Network of Youth Ministries. I did some stuff with them. You know, they, um, again, I, I was on, on a national level team with Church of God Ministries with a bunch of other youth workers. Um, you know, I, I went to, there were a lot of youth ministry conferences and I, I went to those and even was speaking at some of them things to where I had friends that I saw at all of these conferences and would connect with them. Uh, you know, I had, we had a team of youth workers in our Valley, in the Boise Valley that we were all hung out together a lot and, you know, met kind of once a week for, at a coffee shop kind of thing for a while and, and different things. And so, yeah, I, I saw that those connections and, and that really fed me a lot and, and kept me full, uh, you know, in, in those years of ministry. And, uh, and like I said, as soon as I left that youth ministry world and, and, you know, switched into, the senior pastor world, um, it, it just, it was hard to find. And what I did find wasn't good. Right. Yeah. And, and so even now I remember one of my, one of my youth, youth pastor friends. And in fact, we, we had just talked about it earlier today, Mark Shaner, he's again, a church of God guy. He's, he's still, I served on, on, a um, uh, on the youth network team with him for, uh, for many years. And, and, uh, but with, um, with him, like, so I remember he actually came out for one of your meetings because he was at Cloverdale for a, a missions thing. And yeah. then, uh, you know, and then I, I came and picked him up after that. He stayed for an extra day just so we could hang out because we hadn't seen each other for a while. Um, and, and I remember just after hanging with him for a day, and I remember him, him literally looking at me and being like, man, you really miss this networking connection stuff. Huh? And I'm like, I absolutely do. Like that, that's the thing that I miss the most from the youth ministry, from my youth ministry years. Right is is the just that natural connection that I had with other youth workers, and and I just found it was it was not there, um, is not easy to find, and like I said, what I did find was was not great uh, with senior pastors. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think uh, again, if we're not, you know, I I'll speak for myself. If we're not rested, um, we don't always respond well. I, again, for myself, uh, you know, like, I think my kids know that, hey, if daddy's been super tired and super beat up, and and he's worn down, I might not ask exactly right now, like, I'm gonna wait for a little bit, like, he came home, he looks like somebody stole his lunch money, like, (laughs) I'm gonna wait for a little bit better time, and so I think, you know, when pressed with getting beat up or like whether that's a territorial thing with other pastors, which hopefully that's not our issue, but like, you know, like if we're so tired, I know I don't always respond in the best way. Um, But like, so just knowing that even in the dynamic of like our own personal relationships, like we have to be able to do that. But like you said, groups are great. Um, You know, this is part of the perspective that we have you have that youth part I have a missions part and Shaner played a role in in both of those for a while and so being able to have global strategy um, to be able to how do we make an impact on a global scale Um, how do we help reach the least of these Um, not because they're just insignificant but because they haven't heard the gospel that's our it's our mission 
is to go and spread the the great commission, the, the good news of the gospel. And so like being around those people, again, that could be another interest or hobby that even though it's, it's, you know, uh, time consuming, when you come off of that, you're so encouraged, like you said, from those moments, because you've had fellowship, you've had community. And even though you went to this thing with a bunch of youth pastors, where you guys probably stayed up to like two or three in the morning, just chopping it up, having conversation, you still can emerge from that, even though the hours were long, the refilling your cup, so to speak, took place. And so um, yeah, having those moments where you can pour back in, um, that's so, so, so important. So I'm glad that yeah. you've had that and, and that I've had the pleasure of having some of that myself. Yeah. And, and again, I will say again, if you don't have that right now, again, wherever you are, um, literally just kind of just, just Google churches in your town and just call a couple pastors and, and just invite them to, to coffee. Right. I, you know, say, well, again, depending on your COVID stuff, right. Whatever, or just invite them to your church or whatever. Um, I, I literally this morning, I have a standing appointment with some different pastors in Caldwell. Um, and uh, every uh, Tuesday morning we meet uh, for just an hour. Right. And, you know, and again, whoever can make it makes it and who doesn't, doesn't. And it's not like a big pressure thing, but we literally just get together and just to talk and to pray for each other. Uh, and just hang out. And, and like I said, that's been a very life-giving thing for me. That's one of the things that just kind of started up here in the last couple of months again. Uh, and, and so that's, that's been awesome again, to hear uh, from others in my community. Cause, but the reality, and that's one of the things we've talked about, even in that group is the reality is we're, you know, we are all on the same team, right? We want God to win. We want the gospel to, to spread and God has placed us in the same community. And so again, we can learn from each other about, about our community, about things that are going on and, you know, whether it's local government or, you know, the school systems, like whatever. And we have all these different perspectives, a bunch of different ages, um, you know, that, and that are coming together, different denominations that come into this group. And so like you said, and, and, and it's, it's interesting in some of our conversations of just, you know, hearing some of the, again, just the structures of some of, some of their, their churches compared to ours and, you know, again, they, they can be very different, but, um, and again, those aren't always, always bad. Uh, again, I think, you know, every denomination has its place and, and I think we can, you know, work through that. But, but like I said, that's been very life-giving. And in fact, there's uh, just from around the table, even this morning, right. It just came back. I was like, man, this time, like everybody just says like, man, we look forward to this meeting every week. You know, it just, it's, it's a, it's a breath of fresh air uh, a lot of times for, for what, what that's turned into. So again, if you don't have that, um, I just encourage you start it, right? Like, I mean, figure it out and, you know, find a, just one other, one other church leader that you can sit down with. Uh, you know, maybe it's not weekly, maybe it's once a month or whatever, but uh, I just encourage you to, to, you know, get it started. Yeah. And who knows, right? Like we serve a God that could utilize so many different abilities, like whether that's uh, an encouragement piece, whether that's uh, like you said, they might even be doing something that you've been feeling called to, so not recreating the wheel. I mean, there's just so many different benefits that I can think of that uh, that can take place when you have those meetings and that intentionality. And so it's super uh, encouraging to, to be able to do that and taking vacation, setting aside, you know, like as a Bible teacher, you know, just like, hey, if you're hearing this and maybe you're not in full-time ministry, but you're like you said, an elder or something like that, um, setting aside time to make sure that you connect with God and, and quiet time. And 
um, use your hobbies, your interests, connect with church leaders. There's been a lot of things that have been said, you know, take a vacation. And so, if, man, if you get a chance to do that, I think it's vital um, for the long term because, like, I feel like God is uh, a God. And I was saying this the last couple of weeks, and I probably said it on the last podcast as well, but I'm glad that He's a God that plays the long game that sometimes I'm always looking for like right now, but you know, as I was talking about 10 commandments and Moses, like God's people were enslaved. And yet instead of like setting them free right at the moment, we see this child that they're all getting killed that gets saved. He's playing the long game. It wasn't like, Oh, within this next year, uh, this is going to happen, but he raises him up. He does that. And then, oh, by the way, and fast forward into the New Testament, he does that same thing with sending his son, uh, that sending a child and grows up and doing those things. So again, more of the long game in perspective, sometimes we get so inundated with like the now. And I think getting those breaks allows us to have better perspective and not just thinking about the now. And so, um, yeah, God plays the long game at times. And, uh, I'm grateful that he does because I don't always see those things, but uh, I see the affirmation after the fact. And so, man, yeah, I'm glad we were able to take the time uh, literally to, to discuss this today because it's important. Yeah. Well, and, and again, I think the reality is right. Like you said, if we don't do these things and again, this, this is not an exhaustive list. I mean, there's lots of other things probably that, that, that are out there that you could find, or maybe that work for you that don't work for us. But, but again, but, but the bigger point is exactly what you just said is that you will not last in your role and be effective in your role if you can't find these things. Because unfortunately, one of the, 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 the black eyes of the Christian culture, right, is that we just, you know, use up our leaders and then spit them out and bring in a new one. Right? And our hope, I mean, my hope for not just myself and for you, TJ, but for every church leader is that that is never a part of your story, right? That you are not just used up and then discarded. I mean, that is not what God wants for you. And, and that yet at the same time, you have to fight for yourself, right? Because there's always more to do, right? There's, there's always, I mean, that you'll, you'll have an endless to-do list at the church, right? There's always new ground to take for God's kingdom, there's always all of that, but you, you need to fight for yourself. Right? And because most, most of us never have anybody going around us being like, Hey, you need to take time off. Hey, you need to go hang out with your family. Hey, you need to invest in these spiritual disciplines. You need to, to take a vacation, right? You need to like, nobody really does that. And so, so maybe we're the only voice, right? If you're listening to this right now, maybe you need to hear that. And we're telling you, like, we are telling you, take a vacation, fight for yourself, take an extended quiet time. Right. I mean, find community with other church leaders, whatever it is, but we're just telling you fight for your own health, your own physical health, your own spiritual health, your own mental health, right? And be faithful to that because that's what God wants for you. Yeah, you're so right, B. And there's just like all those parts. And, and like you said, there's an exhaustive list that's outside of anything that we've talked about that like Church of God does that. You've been a part of it of like even the care initiative, so like not only if you're a pastor and you're hearing this, but if you're a board member, how do you love on your pastor? How do you set this up to where that's healthy? And Church of God has resources for that as well. So yeah, tap into those. Um, don't do it alone. 
and make sure that you can uh, be successful to what God has called you to. Yeah. You know, TJ, I just feel like we should wrap up this episode with just praying for those that need refreshment. So what do you think? Is that, is that a good idea? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, hey, let's pray together. God, we come to you and Lord, we just uh, lift up those that might be listening to this podcast today that are empty, that are tired, um, that just need a, a, a fresh filling of your spirit. God, maybe they just need a nap. Maybe they need a vacation. Uh, Lord, maybe they just need to, to submit to your will and move to a new season of their life or their ministry. But God, wherever they're at, we just lift them up to you right now and ask that, that they would feel your spirit, Lord, that, that you would touch them. Lord, that you would, uh, you know, fill up their emptiness. Lord, that you would give them wisdom in knowing what steps they need to take, Lord, to feel full again, to feel healthy. God, lead them to the right thing. God, whether that's a community group, reaching out to their upper leadership, maybe just a, a confidant in their church. Maybe it's even just sending an email to us and saying, hey, pray for me because I needed that. Thank you. Lord, uh, just be with them right now. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we have today. Lord, we, thank, we are thankful that you can use all of our efforts, no matter where we're at. And Lord, may you continue that work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. Acts 20, 28. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. The Acts 2028 podcast is a broadcast production of In His Grip Publishing. Our theme music is Achievement by Giovanni Bruno. We'd love to hear from you on our social media accounts or through email. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Acts 2028 Podcast. Or send us an email at Acts 2028 Podcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us ratings and reviews. And even give us your email so you can be notified of new episodes. Thank you for listening. And until next time, we hope that you will lead wherever God has put you. And together we can all live out Acts 2028 20, as we serve in the established church.